This is Women Who Build Empires, a podcast celebrating women entrepreneurs and thought leaders who are turning the tables on outdated old school belief systems and building business empires that align with who they are, how they work, and how they are leaving a lasting legacy. And I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner, serial entrepreneur, investor, and business consultant for ambitious women entrepreneurs who are boldly taking their business to the next level. In each episode, you're going to get to know the women who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of how both success and failure have helped them become incredible CEOs. Hey, Empresses. If you've listened to a few episodes of the show, you'll probably see a recurring theme where a lot of the women who I've had on the show, and I think women in general, are solving problems and starting businesses to solve problems that they're experiencing themselves or things they've seen in their corporate jobs. And today's guest, Julia Reagan, is one of those women as well. After 15 years in the healthcare industry, Julia started her own business, RX Lightning, and it is an incredible tech company that helps patients get their specialty meds, not in weeks or months, which has been the old fashioned way of doing it, but in hours and days. She's basically taken what was a very lengthy paper trail and very paper oriented process and digitized the whole thing so that patients can have better outcomes and get what they need. In the episode, we talked about why the healthcare industry is like two decades behind FinTech and pretty much every other industry, but how that problem and that challenge has really made it ripe for innovative entrepreneurs to start solving problems differently and to create a better healthcare system. And she also shares how as a female founder and you know being extremely busy growing her business how she utilizes the it takes a village philosophy to find fluidity between her work her kids her dog and her family in general hey julia welcome to women who build empires i am so excited to have you on the show um because you've created this incredible company that is making huge change for people who have health issues who would not be able to get their medications in a timely fashion. And I'm really curious what the catalyst was for you starting the business. Wonderful. Well, well, I mean, thanks so much for having me today. Um, When I look at RX Lightning, it's a very mission-driven platform. It's very personal for me. I think that most people, if they step back, they could probably find somebody that they know that has been diagnosed with a rare disease or cancer and has been in a portion of uh, medications can treat and cure an illness, but there's delays and what that aggravation is. And um, I kind of had like a perfect collision of product experience and innovation experience in the health tech space across the medication journey combined with this personal experience that's that put me in a position to say U.S. healthcare can't have so many manual processes and be so antiquated and so behind the times with technology that we 
essentially not accept that delays are okay, but don't acknowledge them. And um, my co-founder and I wanted to come together and create a solution that is to modernize this, to really truly help patients uh, to make an impact and disrupt kind of the status quo to say, like, this isn't acceptable and there is a better way and you can do this with technology and it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth the pain of growing a company and taking it to market and scaling it to help patients get on the meds because it could save lives. Yeah. Yeah. And now you were in healthcare um, prior to starting the business and um, had a corporate job. So you see this gap, but you didn't like you decided to solve it on your own as opposed to bringing it into the job that you had or moving to another company who might be able to um, take that on. What was that like? I think a little scary, uh, exciting. <laughs> Time. Um, you know, I'm a first time founder, never really thought I would have started a company when I look back. But now being several years into it, I look back and say, oh, I was always a entrepreneur. Maybe not didn't think of myself as an entrepreneur, but I was definitely an entrepreneur. So uh, I go back and I I knew that the problem was huge. I felt it personally. I knew that it was a huge market and a huge opportunity. And fortunately for me, I had amazing mentors that started scaled companies before. And as a result, I had the guidance of Julia, you could do this. Uh, you're in a perfect position with your career experience and your personal experience to, to do it. Um, just like anybody else could say they they want to do it. And I, I really had that that support system around me to say, you go do what you do. We believe in you and we'll help you find navigate the path of uh, finding um, uh, investments and fund, help you fundraise to get those initial things. And I, it, it was extremely scary because I, I left my job. <laughs> then COVID happened and I'm <laughs> home with my husband. I have two kids. And I, at the time of COVID, I think my son was like, two and a half. And we lost our au pair because her family was from Italy and she decided to go back because of COVID. And my daughter was in second grade with uh, some ADD learning developmental delays, now having to learn in front of a computer. Mm -hmm. It kind of was a, a blessing for me because when you start a company, you've got to kind of figure, figure out what you're actually building and going after. So I was able to multitask like the best, uh, best of them and be able to be there for my family when they needed me, but then work and God love my husband because he was able to support so I could do really everything. And um, now today we're in market and providers are using our system. Some of the largest healthcare systems are using it where we have uh, patients that we're getting medications to in hours or days versus weeks or months. And um, we've got a lot of great excitement and momentum. And it's exciting to look at what that fear turned into. And now I have a great team in front of me that just makes it even better and bigger. Yeah, I'm really curious because initially it sounds like you were doing it all, like all aspects of the business. And it's a tech company, which to me feels a little um, big and like a, just a kind of like the elephant in the room of how do I build this thing that actually works? But on the other side of it, 
now it's like you made something that's really cool that helps people saves lives gets them the meds they need way faster um how does that feel it feels great you know i i think that there's I'm the face of the company, of course, because of being the CEO, but there are so many people along the way that that have contributed to this. Like my co-founder, he's our CTO. He's the technical genius behind what we've built. And um, if it wasn't for him, the idea and the concepts and the products that I envisioned wouldn't be in market. And um, I think in 2020, it was very much him and I, but then it was the support system around us that both of us that enabled us to do what we're good at. And then from there, it was just bringing on our first team members who it's exciting to see them hit their two-year anniversaries that um, have really kind of helped us grow and then bringing on more people that have now the experience of a high growth company that could really take us to the next level to ensure that we reach more patients and more providers to help change the industry in a really big way. Yeah. And I mean, you started the business, I think it was, I read January of 2020, Mm -hmm. right before COVID. So was that scary when everything got shut down for you or how were you, like, how did you navigate the first few months of, we don't know what this is and we're now locked in our houses. (laughs) Uh, It was, it was extremely scary. I, um, I go back and I think it's like one of those moments that everybody knows where they were and what was evolving because of the big impact on um, the world. So I I go back and I'm like, I just left my job. I got a consulting gig and uh, it was a temporary time stamped consulting gig. And I was like, am I going to have enough time to be able to do this, raise money? Um, My, we, when we started, we had no no funding. So my co-founder and I self-funded the business, uh, which means no or barely no income off of it. And it was it was an extremely scary kind of time. But at the same time, from a personal aspect with everything that was happening, it was beneficial because I could, like if I was in my job, I don't know if that would have been worse navigating COVID for, for my family uh, and my children. Um, and if we were further along, the, then there would have been more pressures that were provided from investors and not just personal pressures. So I, I think that in a way it was almost a blessing because it gave us time to settle into who we were. It also distracted the market a little bit. So there were specialties growing and it's a huge, huge uh impact to the industry. But when COVID was there, a lot of healthcare and a lot of health technology was focused around, okay, now that we know what this is, how do we fix and solve that? So I think it actually allowed us to get a a first mover advantage um, component as well because of everything that was playing out. All right, cool. I mean, your company, RX Lightning, basically it shortens the time period because you digitized everything from how people get their specialty meds. Um, how do you see that rolling into or, or spreading out to the rest of the healthcare industry? Because I've, I've talked to other um, women who have businesses that are doing very different things, but in the healthcare industry, and it seems really antiquated and mm-hmm. outdated. Yeah. Um, well, healthcare in general, I think because of all the reg- rules and regulations around privacy and HIPAA, 
and data and who could have access to it, I think is just generations behind other technologies. So probably two years behind the fintech industry or two decades behind the fintech industry in a way. So because of that, it gives a lot of opportunity for disruption of status quo, manual processes for, for uh, digital technologies to come, to come in. And uh, our platform, we, we refer to it as a MedAccess ecosystem because it's not about just removing paper across the journey to get patients on therapy, but it's also about connecting the stakeholders, which are doctors and patients and all the other beneficiaries across that process from the drug manufacturer or the pharmacy that works on behalf of the patients to help them through these processes together for the first time. So like you and I, we wouldn't think twice about ordering a pizza from Domino's or Papa John's and being able to track it to tell the kids when they're going to get their pizza, right? Right, right. Yeah. In healthcare, when your life potentially is on the line and there's so many more problems on getting the medication, uh, we don't have that. So Arcs Lightning is really around removing the paper processes to create this digital experience to ensure that they get on, patients get on it quicker, but also if there are delays, they can know what those delays are and how to navigate them um, mm-hmm. to help with the emotional toll of what that just means. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like in general, if we digitized and streamlined and brought the healthcare industry up to date, that they, one, would save a ton of money, but also be able to save more lives faster? Yeah, I definitely think health technology helps with patient outcomes and what that care looks like. I think that because it's been a rapid evolution over the last two to three decades, um, even though we're still in our infancy, there's a lot of fragmentation in the industry, which makes it just much more difficult to create and innovate and connect people. So I think that There's a lot of um, organizations, whether they're startup organizations, growth companies, or even the large incumbents that are saying, how can technology help change and shape the future and help provide better outcomes, whether it's getting and staying on medications or it's just navigating those um, disease journey prior to even a a diagnosis or prescription. Um, And I think the industry needs needs up and coming innovators to really take it to the next level to help patient outcomes. Okay, cool. I'm going to shift gears a little bit too and um, talk about what it's like as you as a female founder balancing all of the balls because you've built an amazing team. You're growing quickly. Um, That's time. It takes a lot of time and you have kids and a dog and a husband and a life um, how do you, how do you manage everything and still be sane ish? (laughs) I hope I manage everything. I hope the people around me think I'm managing everything. Well, um, you know, I think it's interesting. I had an investor tell me that founders don't have work-life balance. Like that doesn't exist. And I think in a way that that is true, but in a way that's also false. Mm -hmm. I think that Founders don't have a lot of personal time. I think that they've got to use every minute of the day very effectively to manage the business or um, the family or or any of the other things that are happening. 
And I think that is in general a challenge. Like I think as a, as a woman, we are natural multitaskers. Like yeah. from childhood, I feel like that has been ingrained in um, the persona of what it is to be a woman and a female. And I think that that becomes very beneficial when I'm trying to navigate it. But I also look at the other side and say, there are so many people that don't get enough credit in my life for the success that I'm, I'm able to have. Like my husband, he's a, he's had a career in the industry and healthcare, and he has sacrificed so much of his own career for the company and for me to be able to do what I do. And he picks up a lot of slack on the personal side uh, Mm -hmm. when I need to be up late or I need to put the kids to bed and then go back to work or get up in the middle of the night and work. And I think he sacrifices a lot. And then there's a lot of um, friends and investors and advisors that are just there around me to support and help me navigate whatever it is. My daughter um, has been going through some mental health issues lately. And yesterday I was in a back-to-back meeting and I was able to go to my executive assistant and say, Ashley, I need you to go get my daughter if that's okay and take care of the puppy because we just got a puppy because it's her therapy dog. And like, could you go do this? And she went, she went and ran and got her and brought her home. I was able to like help her in the moment that she needed and then go back to work. But if I didn't have her there to help me facilitate, like getting her, I don't know what I necessarily would have done. So there, there's a lot of people like that. And um, I think that I'm very lucky to have that support. And hopefully they know that I acknowledge what their contribution is to me and the company and what it allows me to do. Right, right. For somebody who's feeling like they're juggling all the balls on their own, what advice can you give them to help delegate, ask for help, put a couple balls down, Um uh, I think I would say have patience with yourself. Like most, I think most founders are type A personalities. They're overachievers. They want to have perfection. At least those are all characteristics that I have of myself. And that's not just from a corporate perspective or a career perspective. It's also from a personal perspective and that that's just not possible in a startup life or a growth life. Um, and having grace and like with myself is something that I would, I, I need. And I would say to other founders is that's okay. And then also it, the surrounding yourself with people that are more knowledgeable to help tackle whatever it is and to support you in whatever way and be open to listening and taking that guidance and uh, asking for the help that you need mm-hmm. is something that I know I do and I try to do. Um, and if I think that would be the biggest piece of advice, like tap into the people around you for help when you need it, whether it's personal or career company. Yeah. Yeah. I've always found um, that when I least expect it, if I just ask, then people always pop up to help with all sorts of things, whether it's business or personal. Um, and sometimes then I find like, I have all this support. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And I, you know, I was gonna say, I think women don't ask enough or ask for help enough. 
Yeah. No, I agree. I think that we, like women in general, like, I don't know if it's because I'm a woman or because I'm a mom, but like, you have to feel like, I feel like I have to do all of it. And uh, going out and asking for help is sometimes a challenge, Mm -hmm. but the, what I've, what I've learned and seen is that people are really willing to help. And uh, if you could delegate off things that other people could do around you, you're going to be more successful. The company is going to be more successful. You're going to potentially have more time for all that personal aspect that, that Mm -hmm. happens. Um, But it's also a hard balance because most people that are starting companies have this personality that that's potentially hard to do. Yeah. I say, I think we all fit into a general type A perfectionistic, um, I don't want to say hardworking, but super motivated, driven bucket. (laughs) And passionate, like you're making a difference. Yeah. I haven't met many founders that really need to, some of the books that are around like motivation and like getting to the next level. And they, they traditionally don't need to read those types of books to have that like innate fire that just drives you to the next thing uh, just because of the personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think it's something that we can hear over and over again, just so that you're not burning out and, um, and you can keep going. Cause I mean, the business is like running a marathon and there has to be some pace. Right. And there's a balance to the pace too. And it's like, I have conversations uh, with people around me and it's like, as soon as you think there's going to be some relief, it's like the next hill comes up and then you're like running up it. And then you're like, oh, this is going to settle down. And then no, the next hill comes up and you're like, I thought this was going to slow down. Uh, But on one hand, it's like, the pace is super fast and always moving. On the other hand, that's a good thing because if it's not moving that way, the company might not be making the impact or the strides. And there seems to always be something that is high urgency priority that needs to be worked through. Right, right. I feel like too, um, and maybe you're similar where I need a certain level of, um, I don't want to say stress, but things to do for me to be at optimum productivity. So when you're in that like kind of hill mode and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a break. And then there's something else that comes in. For me, a lot of times that's really good um, because then it, it just keeps my brain going and I have something else to kind of focus on from a thought perspective. Yeah, I, I think I could relate to that uh, as well. It's It's when I'm in the momentum, it's like, just go, 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 go. And when I actually step back and stop, I stop yeah. and it, I crash, not, not physically, but it's like, I disconnect, I disengage. And then when I start up again, it's like, go, 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 go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that too is inherent of a lot of uh, entrepreneurs where like the intensity of the work is part of what lights you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something special in seeing a vision start coming to life. Um, You know, because of the experiences that I've had, uh, there's 
there's extreme desire to make the change for me. And um, a lot of the people around our team, they they all have a personal like story that could relate to, to the company. And I think that's extremely powerful because there are challenges that happen along the way and you need to keep, you, you know, you're as a company, you're going to work through them. You're going to overcome those obstacles. There might be a setback. There might not be, but making sure you're staying focused on something to keep you going is really important. And we try to ground everything that we do in our mission just because with our technology, yes, we're a tech company, but if our technology doesn't work properly, it could be a extreme consequence to a patient there. So we we try to focus on ensuring that the technology is built in a way that that never ever happens, uh, because it's it's too life's too important to have that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do your I, I saw your core values on your website. So how do they play into um, your growth targets? How you're building your team? Um, just long term vision. Yeah, so we really focus, uh, and I don't know if our website's fully updated. A lot of our core values are very similar, but as we've grown, we've brought in our leadership team to to really hone in on them. And we really focus at a corporate level around driving impact. And for for me, it's around driving impact um, with what we're doing for patients and providers. And then industry impact is the next level of that, like being able to say, hey, we've really disrupted and changed this and left the industry better tomorrow or today than it was yesterday. And then um, really impact around the team. The there, there are so many people that have gone into corporate jobs and were overlooked for one reason or another because of a criteria that may or may not matter. So mm-hmm. for for us as a company, it's about promoting the people within that are capable to grow and are contributing to our success. And as we grow and continue to create that impact across our people and our team and our community. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that, we've really looked at certain core values that we try to ensure when we're hiring and recruiting, we find like-minded people that are it, that understand the, the mission and want to be part of an organization that changes the landscape and helps patients get on these meds. So, so it's a pretty large portion of our criteria for joining the organization. And then as we look at growing and evolving and promoting, et cetera, um, growing within the organization as well. Cool. So what's next for, um, for you and for RX Lightning? We've been extremely lucky. We've built this beautiful product that we know is helping so many patients and is being used. It's, it's now really about scaling into touch more patient lives, more physician lives. Um, we're working on a very specific oncology drug right now that is used late stage, um, in life cycle and uh, to be able to roll out the technology in the next several months um, and touch these patients and these providers and be able to step step back as the company and say, there was a life-saving drug and there was a patient who needed it and Arx Lightning was the vehicle to help make sure that happened in the right timely manners mm-hmm. is going to be in a phenomenal feeling. And so it's about ensuring that 
that is successful and that we could scale across the nation with all the providers um, at the major health systems that are prescribing these meds and um, bringing in the right people to to help us do that and achieve that mission. Cool. So how many um, hospitals, I don't know if it's hospital systems, medical systems, what the right word is, but how are you, where are you, I guess, in the country? How can people find you? Yeah, so uh, our platform is free to providers, which is phenomenal. So uh, they could actually just go to our website, which is arxlightning.com, and go through the process that would connect them to start using it. Um, to today, uh, we're we have providers and offices in every state of the country. That just happened the other day. We congratulations. Crossed. Yeah, so we are in all fifty states, which is really exciting to to see. And that would be the easiest way, the website, though, to find it. And then our team could kind of work on onboarding from there. Okay. And if somebody's listening to and they um, use or are in need of specialty drugs and they don't know um, if their doctors are connected to you or they're having difficulty, how, like, how would they ask, I guess, their doctor or can they come to the website too? Or Yeah. Uh, so we do have patients coming to our website and creating accounts to use the technology. Right now, it is not enabled for patient utilization uh, okay. at the start. Uh, that is going to change in the next like week or so. So uh, we have a patient platform that is in the infancy of being rolled out, and then they'll be able to go right to the website as well in the future. A lot of our patient, so it's not just about getting access to the meds. It's also about affordability. So these medications are, it's not just a $50, $100 payment, not that those can't be significant to patients, but these could be tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars for patients, which uh, affordability comes into play. So right. our has some uh, has capabilities to look at the uh, grants and foundation and the resources out there that will allow a patient to help navigate through that affordability journey um, mm -hmm. to help secure some funding that they could then use to hopefully cover the costs of medications if they they can't afford them to. So we're really excited about releasing that um, here shortly and being able to help patients and then help be able to create a more seamless experience with the drug manufacturers to uh, connect provider and patient together just to alleviate some of these further burdens. That's amazing. So what's your long-term vision, like five, 10 years out? Yeah. So I think that when you look at specialty meds, it's not getting smaller. Most of these medications uh, that are at FDA waiting for approval are specialty. And we're even moving more into cell and gene therapy and personalized medicine, which is even going to be more complicated to get access to and have the insurance landscape afford. Mm -hmm. uh, pay for. And I think that as ARCS Lightning expands in the net in the provider network, we've become the infrastructure to help navigate some of the changes that I think the industry will need to move in. So we're kind of keeping the focus around what the future of specialty medicines look like while building a platform that is used for the everyday type of specialty meds. Mm -hmm. Um but the and with that it's it's just growth. Uh, it's, it's people and team and partners and 
you know, it takes the whole personal thing of it takes a village in Arcs Lightning's world. It kind of takes the village to solve the problem too. Right. Arcs Lightning is the infrastructure between the villages um, to do that. Amazing. Super cool. I'm so excited to be able to watch you grow and to see how you completely change the face of, of healthcare. Wonderful. Well, yeah, I'm excited to watch us grow too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, spending some time with me. Yeah. Oh, today. absolutely. Absolutely. It's fascinating. And share with everybody where um, they can find you, connect with you. Yeah, so uh, it's just arcslightning.com. We have a contact us. Uh, we have a LinkedIn page as well um, that we're pretty active on. So those would be the, the main pieces of contacts. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Thank you. And I have one more thing too, because I saw, I think on LinkedIn, um, you wrote an article that one of the inspirations for RX Lightning came from the movie Cars and your son. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Do you want to share with everybody? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> my son was two when I was naming the company and I knew, I knew that we wanted our theme to be around speed. And one morning I was watching cars with my son and he loved cars, like watched it five, 10, 20 times a day, you name it as much as I would let him watch it. Yeah. And I was sitting, drinking my coffee, cuddled up with him, talking to a mentor, texting a mentor. And I was telling him, I was like, well, we need it to be fast. We need it to be quick. And if anyone's watched the movie cars, it, it, the opening scene is, um, I am speed lightning McQueen. Like, so, uh, I was like, like lightning and my mentor texts back and he's like, arcs lightning is a dollar 99 from an URL perspective. I'm like sold. So <laughs> everything in our platform, uh, is actually like proto, like our demo accounts and our demo doctor. It's all, all the Doc Hudson and Lightning McQueen's the patient and all the other characters, our office that we're getting ready to uh, open, which will be in downtown New Albany, Indiana, which is right outside of Louisville, Kentucky. It's going to be cars themed in a way as well. So uh, it, it's a very close part of our culture in a unique way. Um, but yeah, Lightning McQueen's my, my buddy because of my son. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And having had like random things pop out to me um, from movies at different times that I was like, oh, this makes so much sense with whatever I was pondering in business at that time. <laughs> I was really drawn to that, that story because inspiration comes from everywhere. And you've, you've built a company around a movie in a, in a sort of way. It really doesn't. You know, I think when I named when I named it and we named it as the company, like I didn't realize how applicable it was like lightning in general is the speed of light. It's the fastest thing that could happen. And when we're taking something that's super antiquated, but so fundamentally important to people and outcomes in life, it needs to be as fast as possible. And we, we've got a way to go as an industry, but together, I think we could kind of change that face of what that looks like. And ultimately the industry's benefited benefits and the, and the patients and people benefit because at any point in time, any one of us could be diagnosed with a disease that requires these medications. And when you're diagnosed with that disease, 
and it's you or your child or your parents, you are going to feel passionately about getting that medicine that could save yeah. that life. And uh, so the name just ended up in in a way being very perfect. Um, not necessarily fully planned that way, though. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best thing, though. Thanks. All right. Awesome. Julia, thank you so much for being on. I loved our conversation. I'm so inspired by you. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I uh, will say the same thing. I'm inspired by you. I think that what you're doing with your podcast and your mission is fundamentally important for the next generation of, of female leaders. And I look at my daughter and my son even, and I don't necessarily think that I had the role models when I was growing up of female leaders in the industry. And there's so many women out there that are making a difference and you're bringing light to that. And I think the generations to come will thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It's my hope that you find at least one nugget of value in each episode of Women Who Build Empires. And if that's true, please follow and share Women Who Build Empires with your friends and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Your support is what will help this podcast be found by more women just like you.